Welcome to Second Win with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach and motivational speaker who has a passion for helping women who need a second win. She is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Effortless Happiness, How to Find Your Voice and Finally Ask for What You Really Want. She studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, and is a fully certified coach in his program. Also, she has served as an assistant in his training programs. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted thousands of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guests will help you to get your second wind. Now here's your host, Joyce Buford. Good morning and welcome for being here today. You are probably like me. Your email box is overflowing with COVID-19 updates, resources, responses, and sometimes even cures. But we are all being run over by all this information. If you are a TV watcher, then you know there is constant reporting from the early morning to the late night. So anyway, it's... We have seen the world shift drastically over the last three months. It's primarily come to the United States, starting in China, of course, and moving across to Italy and across Europe. But now it's in the United States, and it's very more real to us. And it started on the East Coast. It is now moving, as you know, to the West, and I'm in Texas. My guest today is in the East Coast, so she's experienced some of the distancing and the, uh, the pullback that we have monitoring our interaction a little earlier than I have, <laughs> so we're just now going through it. But I wanted to, sh- to share with you that although we've seen this big shift, there is for the advantage of age, I think you might say, what we've experienced over our life. We know that these, these, these difficult times, which we've never seen anything quite this Huge. This is really huge. And it's for it's the one time it's affected everybody all over the world, which is so strange. I've seen a president killed, I've seen a building, the nine eleven, I've seen stock markets fall. And although the times are difficult, even I know there is sunlight at the other end of the struggle. And so that is what we have to keep on our minds. There is there is sunshine at the end of this struggle. Now, our struggle may take a little bit longer this time, but there will be sunshine again. There will be creative thinking. There will be new ideas. There will be new promise that will come our way. And I think that we will see many good things out of this very difficult, dark struggle that we're in right now. One of the things we're going to talk about today and why I was so excited when my guest was willing and could come on the show, because she is indeed the money lady. She understands it. She knows it. And I am so blessed to have her as a friend, call her my friend. Because she can really address some of the issues that we're going through today. I see, as I look out there, the worry that so many people are going through. 
we're worrying about our health. We're worrying about money. We see money coming in, but with the loss of jobs, the loss of all of this coming in, affecting our lives. The stock market fell, the, the gas war. Come on, we've got so many things to honestly be worried about. But we can't stay in the worry. We can't. There's some things about this human body that we, we, we're going to have to take hold of because worry has become a cultural thing to us. We worry about everything. It is like an epidemic. And so I would even be having this talk with you if we were not having this catastrophic situation in our lives going on now. So today, our message is about how we can stop worrying about money, how you can prepare, because there are so many things that your worry will actually compromise your being able to stand up and be be an, a, a healthy fighter against the virus that is around us right now. So we are going to be talking about worry and how to manage that. But we are also going to be talking about our mind shift. How do we get these these thoughts that we have in our brain that keep us up at night, that keep us worrying, that keep us looping these horrible worries that we have in the middle of the night that therefore prevents sleep, that therefore compromises our brain, that therefore affects our health. They're all tied together. They affect our loved ones around us. They keep us from enjoying our life, from experiencing what life is really about, really about love and togetherness and growth and family. So I want you to stay healthy. I want you to be able to be the strongest person to fight where we are today. I want your your relationships to be strong because we need them now. And I want you to be cautious of too much TV watching, too much drinking, smoking, eating, overeating. All of this can compromise us in this time where we need to be strong. So, let me go on and, and and stop talking, chattering here, because I want to bring Chris on, and I want you all to know first what a, what a delight she is and how she comes with so many credentials here. Chris Vanderseiden is a found, founding partner of Legacy Partners LLP, a merger and acquisition advisory firm dedicated to serving private-held middle market businesses, owners, to create and execute a successful exit from their business and do that with financial wealth. Her career began as a CPA with Pricewaterhouse, then as an asset manager with Northwest Asset Management in Los Angeles. Now, I met Chris after she had left corporate world and she became an entrepreneur as a founding marker of her own marketing company, which she quickly built into a multi-million dollar company. 
and then sold it. <laughs> I like that, Chris. She has over 20 <laughs> years' experience <laughs> consulting with privately held businesses. Now, she's an international speaker, and she's always speaking on exit strategies. So an expert in that area. She's also a guest lecturer at Harvard University MBA program, which I find very impressive. So Chris is my my friend that's written also the best-selling author of Seven Steps to Entrepreneurial Victory. And she's working on the next one, which is going to be Seven Steps to Exiting Your Business for the Highest Return on Investment. So welcome, my dear friend, Chris. Thank you for being with us today. We have tons to talk about. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's always good to to be on your show. It's so informative for your listeners. Great. Oh, I forget. You don't even have in this that you're a, a runner. I know you're still running, right? Oh, yeah, especially now, right? I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> I, I am actually in my in my home office in Vermont, and we, as you mentioned, are on lockdown. So practically the only thing we can do is go out and breathe fresh air. So and I am still running these green mountains. <laughs> Those beautiful mountains that will turn to fall soon, right? Yeah. No. Well, turn we're green gonna, right no. now. Yeah. We're all brown still. We had some snow this last week, and so we're on the cusp of spring, and hopefully we'll green up pretty soon. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> such a beautiful area you live in. So tell us about this. I'd like to discuss, just starting off here, about the mindset. Our minds play such crazy tricks on us, and it's always in the middle of the night or when we're sitting and thinking about worrying about our our money or our life or how we're going to get through this dark time. So I'd like to talk a little bit about how we get the mindset that we get. We didn't come with it, so where did it come from? (laughs) (laughs) I know. Isn't it funny how it does? I mean, money troubles are one of the top uh, reasons for stress for people. Um, One of the top reasons, as you know, between couples. I mean, how many people end up divorced because they – they have financial stress in their lives. Um, yeah. So the, the, cha- the challenge is real. <laughs> yes. And it's epidemic. And now it's this pandemic is going to create an epidemic of, of financial worry, unfortunately, right. on so many levels. But you're right. Uh, where does it come from? Because, you know, um, everybody comes from different backgrounds. Some people... Um, embrace money. Some people are afraid of money, whether they have it or don't have it. It seems like the uh, fear of money is equal, equally opportunistic. So mm-hmm. many times we can go all the way back to our childhood. Yeah. And, and, and Joyce, you can probably think back to when you were brought up. You know, what were, mes- what were the messages you got as a child about money? Well, because I was in a... a- blue-collared work, working family, my messages were more about we, 
we weren't struggling so much as we couldn't put food on the table, but certainly our our money was limited, uh, not as much as some others. I was able to go to college, so that was, you know, that doesn't say I'm in the poverty area at any means, but my parents made made compromises to allow me to go to college. I don't think at that time I really appreciated. I didn't even know about it. You know, I just got what they handed me. But a lot of times, you know, it's just exposure to vocabulary. It says it's hard to get money. It's they don't grow on trees. You can't have this because we're we're spending for this. So we get a lot of those verbal. I call them almost like brainwashing statements because they stay with us our entire life. You know? Yeah, it's our self-limiting belief systems are created by messages that we get from our childhood, our parents, our our our, our communities, um, right. even what our church says. Um, yeah, messages from our friends. Yeah. So, right. if you think about how many different interactions you have in your life that informs your beliefs on money, it's actually astounding. Yeah. You know, right down to, you know, you and I have talked in the past about, you know, if you want to, if you want to really succeed, you know, take a look at your five closest friends and they've done this massive study. And if you, if you look at your five closest friends, uh, pretty much everybody's going to be at the same financial level. It's it's astounding that study was. So, uh, you know, the old saying, if you want to, if you want to make more money, hang out with people who make more money. Yes. Yeah, and and that goes right to the heart of the reason that is, is because of the messaging that we get. So I think if readers think back and they they think about if we, what are my messages? If I had family that said um, money doesn't grow on trees, well, that was a message of fear about money, that there won't be enough, that there's a lack of abundance, that getting money is hard. And right. so just, I think, uh, understanding um, what your frame of mind is on money and trying to reframe that thought process goes a long way towards attracting financial security into a life. Right. Well, I also, I also was brought very much aware of this through working with another coach where she mentioned that men are – men – Male relationship to money is a bit different from female relationship to money. We can be educated differently. Um, men could be going to a private school. And her, her situation was that she lived in England. Her her father felt that because her her brother would be the money rate, money um acquirer of the family that he would go to a private school and so his his introduction to money management all of his math questions were more financially more business related and her she was allowed to go to public school because she wouldn't be a financial earner in a family uh, which is changing greatly here but in her day and time of growing up, then she was, you know, counting oranges where he was buying property in his math math uh, problems. So, it, as strange as it seems, we are prepared in our families for different roles with money. 
many yep. times. It goes all the way back to the caveman with hunter-gatherer. Who's the hunter? Yeah. Who's the gatherer? Who's staying home and tending the fire? Yep. Yeah. And so creating those opportunities in your life and really taking that mind shift and mindset and shifting it towards embracing and wanting to understand money. You know, I, I've had women who have told me, oh, I don't, I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Just go, go, there's plenty of books out there uh, to learn from. And the more you learn, the more you will like it because you'll get more comfortable with it. And mm-hmm. then you'll take more action in creating more money and then preserving your money as you, mm-hmm. as you go through, as you go through life. But it really is about shifting that, uh, fear of one of, I don't know anything about money to just shifting and saying, I want to know about this and I want to attract it into my life. Mm-hmm. I do see that shifting, particularly with the younger women as they become, they seem to be a little more aggressive about taking control and knowing their monies. But, for 50 and above, I think we, particularly I see this in my clients when they move from married to divorce, um, they have never had many money management skills given to them or educated them in those areas. Yeah. And if their marriage was such that the division was He takes care of the finances, I take care of the household, this is indeed a a major problem that most women will have to face um, as they take over as singles again. They've never been oh, yeah. there. And yeah. it's big. And even, I'll say this. It, it is. It's huge. It's one of the biggest hurdles that they're, gonna, they're going to go through in that transition, right. that life transition, is understanding right. their own money and being able to control their own money. It's also very exciting. Um, yeah. But, you know, the education, we don't educate about money in this country, and right. we do a very, very poor job of it. We don't have money classes that are required in uh, in high school, so <gasps> boys and girls do not get any financial education in this country. It's a crime, and so what happens is that all of the money messaging comes from parents, and who mm-hmm. still dominates the money messaging? The father. So the, the father. father ends up talking to the son. We still have that divide. It's getting better because there are more women like us who are educated and are successful in business and, and you know, and we, we know to teach both our, our boys and our girls about money. Mm-hmm. It's getting better, mm-hmm. but we still have a long way to go in this country and we're going to pay dearly for that. And uh, in the near future, we're paying for it. Right. We're, gonna, we're paying for it right now. It's not going to get better. Well, I think it's so sad because that's one of the largest contributors to our financial struggles is the credit cards, which we can get so easily. I remember when I graduated from from college, you know, they would at least ask you if you wanted a card. Now I think they automatically send you one. Just like, take it. We want you to have it. Use it. Uh This is what you need. Uh And there is no prep for how to manage one, how to work with one. I mean, our parents even struggle with it. So you're so yeah. right. We're missing. We're just not, we're not um, preparing our students for life. No. We are woefully undereducated in our country at every level. Right. Yeah. At every age group. Yep. Yeah. It's really not good. 
Yeah, we didn't talk now, about money. I don't even think we talked about it in my married life. You know? Yeah. I really don't. My right. kids never knew right. about money. Right. So. Well, I grew up in a child from a, a childhood that was, uh, you know, we had six kids. We were, I, I we were, uh, we were classic big Catholic family. Nobody had a lot. Um, mm-hmm. but I grew up in, I was born in the sixties. I remember, uh, the recession in the 1970s very well. I remember dads getting laid off from work. And so as, when I got closer to going to college, I decided I was going to understand money. So I ended up graduating with an accounting economics major. And I did it because I went into the, I went to the paper and to the classified ads and said, I will never be unemployed. Which, which, uh, which job has the most advertisements in the paper? And they were all accounting. And so that's <laughs> how I became an accounting major because I wanted to ensure that I would never not be with a job, with a job because of that impression that was made upon me in the 1970s during the the oil crisis and the, the, mm. the deep recession, 1972, mm. three, four. Yep. And so that's how I, that's how I decided I would become educated by that. Wow. And I'm the only business now, person in my family. Now yeah. you must have liked numbers though. I, I don't mean to make I, an excuse here, but did you have an interest in working with numbers? Did you like that? No. And, and honestly, I struggled with it. I don't, it's not, it is not my forte. Um, really? I don't like putting puzzles, I, you know, and I don't like putting puzzles together. But I have a work ethic that will never be beat. And so I was going to succeed at this. And, I mean, I passed the CPA exam uh, on the first try. And it was only because I worked so hard to understand it. It's, it is not natural. I am a natural, uh, I have a natural bent towards marketing, towards people, towards communication. That is truly my gift, writing. Um, and uh, so the accounting was, was something that round peg square hole, but boy, I did it. <laughs> and that it is me really well. impressive, I think. Yeah. I think that's I, well, great. I think, I, I went to work for Cooper's Library, and I was and I was not the smartest kid in the class by any means, but I did a lot of different things. So, yeah. so in college, I had I had a really good resume. So, and not because of not because of my stellar academic, it was because I did so many different things in leadership roles. So, I went to work for Cooper's Library, and I I have said over and over, I was always the dumbest person in the room. And I was happy to be the dumbest person in the room because I was learning so much. But I was never, I was never a, a top accountant. But I kept getting yep. promoted because my work ethic. That's why I got promoted wow. because my work ethic. And I could figure it out. I mean, I was smart enough. I could figure it out. But it did not come naturally to to me whatsoever. Yeah. Yes. So I have to Truth go back told. to. If we're talking about mindset, so what did your family give you that gave you mm-hmm. and I know work ethic, I mean, you could have seen good work ethic, but mm-hmm. what were some of the really main qualities that seemed to build your foundation? Mm-hmm. Um, definitely the work ethic was, was is paramount to everything. And I tell kids.
kids that, you know, my teaching, whether I'm working with the Harvard kids or even, you know, here with my own, my own kids, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, w- I always will say work ethic will always trump. I don't care if you're the smartest in the room, but if you're going to work, you're going to succeed. Bottom line, in America, you're going to work, you're going to succeed. Uh, but as far as the, the route to financial success, all of my messaging as a kid was, was one of fear of money, not having enough, um, having been brought up through recessions and watching mm-hmm. my parents struggle. Um, so I just decided that the only way around that was to control it, to really understand money and control yeah. it. Um, and it took me a, it took me a long time to, um, to realize that I could, I could really control my financial destiny. And I would say that that didn't happen until I was 33, got out of the corporate world and started my own business and recognized that if I wanted to make more money, all I had to do was decide I was going to make more money and go out there and do it. I didn't have to go to my boss to ask for an, you know, a pay increase and substantiate why I deserved it. I didn't yeah. have to do any of that. I just, I just decided this is how much money I'm going to make this year and go out and do it. And that shifted because once you have success financially, yeah. it very, very, very quickly fuels confidence. And you, yes. if you talk to successful entrepreneurs, they'll say, the first million was the hardest million I ever made. After that, it was a breeze. And it's because you're developing that muscle, that confidence muscle in, in being able to make money. And the first million is the hardest. It's true. After that, you have confidence. You know, there's ups and there's downs. Right now we're in a down period, right? But, right. Um, you know, it, it'll come back and you just, you gain confidence in your ability to make money and protect it. Hmm. I like that. Very good. Yes. So when somebody is creating their money story, um, that ability to know you can do it is key, is paramount to anything. It's that belief that you can and will build your money picture. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, and yeah. you know, the first thing that anybody can do is acknowledge that this is the story you were brought up with. These are the these are the messages that I'm getting. Acknowledge that's that's yeah. that's what my story has been. Now I'm going to rewrite my story. And ah. these are the action steps I'm going to take to rewrite my story. And if you yeah. have to uh create a list of you know of of beliefs and, you know, this is what mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, and you always do it in the first person, as you know, right? So, yes. I, creating yeah. those, those messages. I am successful. I will create, uh, more, more financial security for myself and my family. Um, yeah. or not, I will. I am. I am. Put yeah, it in the present tense. Yeah. Well, Put it in the present tense. You're going to feel it. Chris, I'm going to stop you here, and we're going to take a short break. But when we come back, I think reviewing some of those steps is so paramount to so many people out there because we need those statements right now when we're going through this. I will come through this. And so Mm -hmm. when we come back from this break, we will be talking more about how you prepare for what we are facing 
today so that you can come through successfully, not without pain, but successfully come through with confidence. So we'll be back shortly. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Welcome back to this segment of Second Win. Joyce Buford, the author of Effortless Happiness, continues in this segment share insights that will help you live a life of greater purpose and filled with happiness. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. We've been talking with Chris Vanderseiden and we're talking about money mindset and how it, it is what overrides our attitude about our finances. It drives how you make key financial decisions every day and it can have a big impact on your ability to achieve goals and reach successes in your life when it comes to mindset around money. So, Chris, we were talking about some of those steps that we can re redefine if we've not really been raised in a family that had strong financial skills. How can we redefine our mindset around money? Yeah, I mean, I think... Um just recreating that storyline um, in your mind, also being very cognizant of who you have in your circle. So if you have yes. friends, um, surround yourself by very positive people, successful people, those people that try to drag you, drag you down or they have money worries and they talk about it a lot and they're very, uh, very, you know, they're, they're fear-based people. Um, you want to limit your exposure to those kind of people. And right. that's going to be hard right now in particular because of where we are. There are so many people impacted by mm. our, our economy, and it is going to go on for many more months, I'm afraid. So it's going to be very difficult to shield yourself from that. Uh, but it is it, it is really important to do it, to limit your time around those people, you know, acknowledge, be supportive, move on, and keep your focus on your success and what your journey is, is, is what you're developing in your journey, what yeah. you want yours to be. You actually yep. almost need to create it, visualize it, where you want it to be, what you want it to be, not where you are today, but where what you want it to be. Um oh. I, and you know, can I can I just say this? Yeah. You know, Joyce, that I'm a big vision board person. And <laughs> when I first started being successful, I literally would cut pictures out of this is what I wanted my financial life to be. 
You know, I wanted to be able to provide for, for my daughters. And this is, this is what I wanted to provide for them. I wanted them to be able to go to school and, uh, and, and not be worried about the finances of that school. I wanted them to have opportunities. I wanted to be able to have a specific uh, house. Um, yeah. I, you know, and I would, I would put that out there. And mm. it is, you know, as you know, that works, being clear on what your desires are. What does financial yes. stability mean to you? Yeah. Yes. I can remember um, I did work with uh, Chris for a while and gained a lot of knowledge and wisdom from working with her. And, uh, you know, and a great thing was a great friendship. But I can remember looking and at her vision board book. She had her vision board in a book binder because yeah. she traveled and she took that book with her. <laughs> and so I can remember back then how important it was to you in creating your future yeah 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 i want now some of us because we maybe live in a small town we may be a little isolated i want to offer you a resource right now before we move on to topics this was shared with me and you know we are all one family now we're here to help everybody get whatever they need to move forward so i want to share an important a website with you that was shared with me. It's called discover.hayhouse.com. Discover.hayhouse.com. When you go there, that's the publishing Hay House, uh, you will see free resources. And they are offering to anybody that wants to go to this website, you can get Free webinars, free videos, free podcasts. You can uh, you can hear from Susan Orman uh, talking to women about finances. You can get videos. So the thing I want to impress upon you is, although it's not in your community, I'm giving you a resource here that you can go to and help build that muscle that you are needing to work right now. You can go at your own time, go to your computer, find this website, and use it. It's a great tool for you. I appreciate my friend that sent it to me. So the how do we, if we come back to today, we've kind of touched on rebuilding our own money story, but how do we sort of protect ourselves in these times of, Troubled water. That was a song <laughs> back back in my youth. Um, so, how do we move forward to protect ourselves personally? And I know you're also going to talk about uh, business as well. So, can we tackle yeah. personally first? Absolutely. Um, recognize that the first thing today um, is to recognize that you know this stock market is going to roll and roll. And we have an enormous amount of debt. Uh, we've been worried about a debt bubble for a long time. It's only now getting worse. The federal government is doing the stimulus package. Corporations are taking on new debt. And guess what? Personally, those people who have lost their jobs or if they haven't lost their job, many, many uh, people are experiencing that they're uh, losing income for whatever reason. 
mm-hmm. business is just down. I mean, and, and they're estimating that our unemployment rate is going to be over 30% in our country in the next couple of months. That is wow. worse than the, uh, it's, it's going to vie for attention in comparison, uh, with the Great Depression. That is where yeah. we are. So if you are older, you, and you have uh, money invested, and you are going to be using that money for your retirement, um, you would want to be sure that you are invested um, at the level of risk you are willing to accept. And the market has not bottomed out, in my opinion. It is going to go it's going to go further down. We're seeing a little uptick because they signed the stimulus bill last week, but uh, we are going to probably see continue to see a decline as we go through this over the next couple of months. So you would want to call your investment advisor, and you would want to revisit your risk tolerance and be very, very clear with your investment advisor. I actually spoke to my investment advisor before this all began, and I made some changes into my portfolio, and my investment advisor questioned me. Now, he knows what I do. Uh, yeah. I'm 56, so I'm fairly young. I'm not going to be retiring for another 20 years, and he did. He said, are you sure you want to do this? And I was absolutely sure. So he challenged me, and investment advisors will challenge because you've got to remember they're getting paid based upon the amount of money that you have invested with them. So if they think that it's going to go higher, they want you to stay in equities uh, because they feel that they're going to make more money. But you have to be, you have to make that decision. How much risk can you, are you willing to accept? I think the market is going to go down another, I mean, it's already down over 20%. We were estimating somewhere between 20 to 30%. We think it's going to go down a little bit more. I, I didn't want to risk anything. I pulled all the chips for me personally. Now, I will get back into the market, but I study the market and have a lot of good advisors. So mm-hmm. I'll get back in when it's appropriate. But right now, my risk tolerance is zero. So mm-hmm. I don't want to risk any money. So if so, you want, to be, you want to be clear on what your risk tolerance is and don't let anybody talk you into anything. Identify what your risk tolerance is. What are you willing, literally look at your portfolio. If you have a million dollars, are you willing to risk 20%, meaning you're going to take a $200,000 loss? Are you willing to do that? Is, mm-hmm. that? is that comfortable with you? And knowing that it could take years for it to come back. So look at the number. Really look at the number. Play it out in your head. What, literally say, this is how much I have. How much am I willing to risk? And then have that conversation. So reviewing the portfolio is a, is a really good idea. Um, mm-hmm. I have been saying for years, I don't like debt, as you know. <laughs> um, uh, people have mortgage debt. If it's, not a, if it's not a jumbo mortgage, you're still getting a tax, hopefully a, a tax benefit. If you're getting a tax benefit from having a mortgage, um, I say keep it. Um, but now because of the new tax law, some, uh, many people aren't getting a, a tax benefit because they're not getting a, they're not filing under a schedule A. They're just getting the, the standard deduction. Um, mm-hmm. so if you're not getting a, if you're not getting a tax benefit, I say pay off the mortgage. I don't like credit card debt. If you have credit card debt, now is the time to call all of your credit card companies and renegotiate your rate. 
And if you are having trouble paying your credit card bills now, there are debt relief under the new stimulus package. So calling calling your credit card company and understanding what they can do to help you. Um, credit card companies do want to help. They do not want people to default. It does not help them for you to default. <laughs> right. So, uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, credit cards, uh, student loans, I, there are all kinds of ways to, you know, I would call them, call every single credit card company, every student, every student loan company. And, you know, some will, will have a deferral system where you can renegotiate terms. Um, if you have a mortgage, more 30 year mortgage rates are low. They're, I mean, they're, I think they're about 3.75 right now. So yeah. if you're, if you have a mortgage rate that's above, we always say one point. So if you have a mortgage rate that's above 4.75, you might want to consider refinancing it if you plan to stay in the home for at least five years so that you, yes. uh, the numbers work out as far as the cost of refinancing. Yeah. Those are some of the things that you can do, and everybody should be retooling their budget right now. Right. And, uh, I was yeah. listening yesterday to a, a financial podcast, and this person said that for the money that people would be getting from the stimulus, that yeah. she did not encourage them spending that money to pay off credit card debt. She really suggested that they keep that money and tuck it away and do not use it frivolously go out and spend it on anything but to keep it as a reserve for their immediate needs that they would have such as food or rent or living costs so yeah. do you have a a, a a response to that would you agree yeah, um, yeah absolutely i mean i've always said an emergency fund we used to say six months of expenses you need at a minimum in your emergency fund I changed that to a year um, mm. about four years ago. I recommend everybody has that one year of living expenses reserved in an emergency fund. Mm. And, uh, but unfortunately, most people don't. And right. the vast majority of Americans can't even afford a $400 unexpected expense. So for this stimulus that's coming out, I get I think $1,200 per person if you make less yes. than 70,000. 70, um, yes. yes, it should. It, I wouldn't pay down debt with it either. I would, I would call and renegotiate and defer any debt payments. And, yes, put that in your emergency fund to be used for basic living expenses if you need it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. At least till this thing plays out. And I think this is it's going to be many months before this completely plays out. Now, tell me this. Do you think there's a need to keep an at-home balance of money, uh, or is it totally <laughs> safe in the bank? Oh, my God. I I have been asked that question about 150 million times in the last three years. <laughs> I have. It's so funny. I have people, business owners that say, well, after I sell my business, what am I going to do? I mean, put it in a coffee can in the in the, you know, <laughs> in the in the back of the yard. Um, and, yes, uh, I mean, we, our banks are FDIC insured. Um, this 
the hiccup that we're seeing now, they're calling it a black swan because we do not have a systemic issue in the financial system as we did in 2008 when we were collateralizing up debt obligations that were uh, not, not truly valued and then sold them to pension funds. It's very, this is a very different situation. Ah, so okay. for right now, um, yeah, you should make sure that you're under the limit of the SDIC insured of $250,000. Um, banks are having liquidity issues. I, you know, this is a, this is a really, I'm going to really, I'm trying to streamline what is really truly a complicated question. Um, mm. We do have liquidity issues in the financial system. That's why you were hearing that the Federal Reserve was saving the repo markets, and this Mm -hmm. has been going on since last summer. Mm -hmm. But we do have liquidity issues. If everybody went to the bank and tried to pull their money out and put it in a coffee can in the backyard, we don't have enough money. It would be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It would be a problem. And now there's all of this coming out that, you know, we've been talking about going to a different currency. You've heard about Bitcoin and Ethereum, blockchain, all of that. Um, So the monetary system in the United States is most likely going to go under assault too in the months to come. So you're fine now. Keep your money. Don't don't put it in a coffee can or under the mattress yet. But <laughs> but be aware. Be aware. I always think there's. I think you should have some money at home a little bit. Right. You know, now when you, when we talk about the stimulus that people are getting, how how will that is a repay type of situation? It's not free money they're getting. It's a loan, basically. Correct. No. Um, no? So no? The, no. No. Okay. Um, the 1200 uh, if you're talking about the stimulus where every yes. household making less than $70,000, they are getting a, um, $1,200. That is not a loan. That is, that is a gift from, from the taxpayers to the taxpayers, as I like to say. But it is, a, it is not a loan. It is a, a gift. Um, to help stimulate the common, well, it, it's meant to stimulate the economy. It's it's not going to. Um, but because what are you going to do with $1,200? Like we said, you should hold on right. to it and you should be using it for basic necessities if that's what you need. Yes. So, um, no, that is, that, that's not. And, that, and then the other big thing that you're hearing about, and matter of fact, it's funny that you brought it up because I've been getting questions about this, um, the Paycheck Protection Program that they came out with. And this is, where the federal government is providing loans to small businesses to to help them maintain their employees and not do layoffs. Yes. Now, and people think that, that it is it is called a loan. However, it converts to a grant, which means that the people that uh, are taking out these loans, they do not have to pay back the principal or the interest. Oh. Um, so the the loan is basically forgiven. And it's basically uh, done as a as a computation. Um, mm. And so, if you have if you have taken out this loan, and you are keeping your doors open, and you are not um, you're not doing layoffs, then that loan uh, will convert to a grant, and it won't it will be forgiven. Oh, okay. So I'm seeing all this money being given. So who's where's that hitting us? Where's that going to come back and bite us? 
in our financial. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very suspicious here. It's got to come from oh, somewhere. No, no. Yeah, no. I mean, we're we are literally the Federal Reserve is doing what's called quantitative easing. So they basically are creating debt on their on the Federal Reserve balance sheet, and they're literally printing money. So they're putting liquidity into our financial system because we're a consumer-based economy. So when how this works is that when we have a financial um, challenge, say now we're going into a recession, people get mm-hmm. laid off. When people get laid off, they stop spending money. In this case, we're, we've been into a forced recession because they've closed everything down. So yes. we are here in Vermont and in other states, and you're going into this as well, is we are not able to participate in the economy. They've closed all the yeah. restaurants. They've closed all the bars, all the stores. So nobody's spending money. And it is a, a, it's just a, a recipe for economic disasters because we are a consumer-driven economy. So the thought process here is we'll give money to all these people who have been laid off so that they'll go out and spend money. And when they spend money, then it will help the business owner, which helps the economy. Come ah. go. We're a consumer-driven economy. But right yeah. now, that's not happening. And even $1,200, I mean, we're all saying, yeah, save that money for, for you know, a month down the road when you're, you're not making ends meet. There are literally going to be people who are not going to be able to buy food. Mm-hmm. And that $1,200 yeah. is going to be meaningful. But you're going to burn through that $1,200 in pretty much a heartbeat with the cost mm. of everything. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. So we we will be in a recession, and so that's that's why they do these stimulus packages. But you know, it's got to the debt. The debt. There will be a reckoning with debt down the road. It'll be right. like a year and a half from now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah well, fun. Chris. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Shining the light on this subject. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's tough. The best thing people can do right now is look at what their income is and look at their budget. Cut back on, on any, any of your variable expenses. Obviously, we're not going out to eat anymore. We're not probably, most of us are not going out shopping and buying clothes. Um, you know, looking at those areas that you can cut back. And then rebudgeting for the income that you're going to have. If you're somebody that's just gone on onto um, onto unemployment, mm-hmm. uh, you want to want to figure out how can you live on that unemployment. In the '70s, I grew up hearing my father say, "You should never have your lifestyle any larger than what unemployment will pay." Oh, that was, my goodness! Yes, that's the Whoa. 1970s. That's what we all heard. So right. those of us that have been successful financially, every time we made more money, we didn't we didn't buy the bigger house or the bigger car. We always stayed with that mindset of let's be conservative. What do I yeah. need as opposed to what I want? So revisiting those needs and those wants and saving the money and making sure you're living under your budget is going to go yeah. a long way for the future. And unfortunately, I think we are going to have many years of, of a lesson in that in that. Yeah. Uh, that financial management. Yeah. 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 Well, Chris, where could my listeners go to follow you on your website? Um, What do you have there that they could 
follow you. But you're talking primarily about mergers, aren't you, on your website? Well, I talk about business. I talk about running a business, driving revenue. Um, uh, so they could go to – if they go to – they could send me an email, mm-hmm. and they can send it to um, – just for ease, you can use my – go ahead. You can give my personal email out. It's my name, Chris Vanderzyden. You may want to spell that. Out. <laughs> yes. So C H R I S. That's right. You're not. There's no visual on it. C H R I S V A N D E R Z Y D E N. Chris Vanderzyden at gmail dot com. Send me a message, and I'll add you to my blog list. We do not have an open blog list. So, um, yep. So, and then they can visit LegacyPartnersLLP.com um, to read, read more blogs and my thoughts on the current economy. Yes. And I just encourage people, you should be reading, you know, read one business book a month on personal finance, whatever, whatever it is. If you're worried about your investments, read an investment book. Susie Orman is great. You mentioned her. She's yeah. an interesting story. She was a waitress until she was 30 years old. And she lost $50,000, kind of was scammed by uh, an investment advisor, sued him, mm-hmm. and became an mm-hmm. that's, how, that's how she became an investment person, um, yeah. is having that, that hard knock, <laughs> as I say. But she's great, you know, so read every day. Everybody should be reading the Wall Street Journal every day, learning what's going on in our, our community. Well, if, the, if they're not readers, they we have the – wonderful podcast world that everybody does a podcast and so you can go to her as well through that site that i uh, you can either go directly to her or you can go through the hayhouse.com site there there's another way to connect to her there she's listed there so i really agree it is the time we have time now because we are uh, limited to our homes right now. This is a great time to turn the TV off, get a book, and start reading. You can read it online. We have the ease to get into books. So easy for us. Or listen. Yep. You can listen to them. But you just need, yeah. as you said, be proactive. Take control and the responsibility of your life. So no longer can we use the excuse we're just not adapt. We need to go out and reach for those answers out there. So, you know, um, it really is. Yeah. So your email was chrisvandersiden at gmail.com? Yep. Yep. Okay. Because I want people to get the um, your blog for sure. That would be great yeah. to listen to. And as you all yeah. can tell, you really want to have Chris's blog because she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you. I don't say, I don't mean to laugh. I mean, it's just so, um, I just think you're wonderful. <laughs> so there oh, you go. Well, you're very, you are so sweet. You're so sweet. And you're, you're a great service to people who, who are listening to this. It's a great way to give information. You're, you're directing to Hay House was great. There's a lot of good information on their website um, and just gather information and be aware and turn off the TV. Oh, don't be listening to all that horrible news right now. It doesn't do you any good and you can't do anything about it anyways. So why listen no. to it? Right. You know, 
Only do what you can do, and you can start changing the way you think about money, start changing about the way you think about tomorrow and getting education. Um, So anyway, I just thank you, Chris, for giving us this time today. It's um, really you've shared an awful lot of good information with us that we don't have any other source for hearing it. And so for those people here today, I thank you for being here as well. So thank you, Chris, for being with us today. Um, Listeners, my dear listeners, as you go through this time of struggle and stress, remember you you can't change what's happening today. You can only make decisions about how you will face it going forth. And I want you to face it with this, which with as much limited stress and worry because there's nothing you can do about it. Just be positive and go forward. Get out and walk. Get out and enjoy that we live in a beautiful country and we have the sun and grass underneath our feet. So for those that are with us today, be sure to share. Help your neighbors when you can. Uh, Reach out to your friends far and wide. Get your um, information and begin getting smarter about your you what you can control. Thank you for being here. I look forward to your being here next week so we can continue as we all build our skills. Thank you for being here. Have a great week. Dr. 